A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown! It's the last Smackdown of the year of our Lord, 2000 and... Uh, I can't make up my writing here. Um, what year has it been? I'm sad, mate. It's the last time that I'll get to say a Space Odyssey! Man. 52 Space Odysseys! Add a few more, considering uh, not adding pay-per-views. That's right. Oh, it's the end of the of the 2001. It feels like 2001, 2001, a space odysseys. No, I mean, it doesn't. It feels like <laughs> 20 because the joke was funny every time. Hey, thank you. I have to go back to the Noah gag next year. Yeah. As we say goodbye to that crap gag, uh, we have <laughs> Robbie Williams and Nicole Kidman's Something Stupid as the UK number one single. Oh, yeah. It's number one and so's a stupid album. I'm fucking sick of thinking about this shit album. My brother bought it for whatever reason and he never listened to swing music again. He refused to accept he'd made a mistake because he assumed it was going to be all rock DJ and millennium, except it was Robbie the Wally fan wanking his Sinatra. Matthew was in a great mood when he wrote this. I mean, this. the album was called Swing When You're Winning. Like, there was a giveaway there. Yeah, but there's no dressed. dogs. There's, I thought it was a metaphor. There's no dogs in Dog Day Afternoon. <laughs> Hardly any dogs in Reservoir Dogs, live it. I think at least two things wrong with this poster. <laughs> in this week, pop idol contestant Rick Waller withdraws from the knockout stage of the competition because of a throat infection, having been allowed to sit out the previous week's show in the hope he would recover. His place is taken by Darius Dinesh. She was third the same qualifying heat as Waller. Now, some people of a certain age, a certain disposition, may recognise that name, Rick Waller, and yeah. go, who was he? Well, at the very start of the bloody reality TV era that was kicking in with Pop Idol and all this other bollocks that's still on TV this day, people watched Pop Idol and went, this is crap, and decided that they would vote to keep the crap one who couldn't <laughs> sing, which in this case was Rick Waller. And uh, the one that didn't look... And, and this isn't a dig because I know I ain't an oil painting, but the one that didn't look in the eyes of TV world as aesthetically pleasing as the others. Yes, he was a big fat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> look, we're probably on Put the podcast way, next week. He's, he gets some time off stocking shelves at if, Desco's. If he'd been on the roster at this point, they may have sent him to OVW. Um, they've... <laughs> They may have tagged him with Tajiri. Um, 
Yeah, he was, and he, I always remember he had really gnarly teeth as well. He had. He looked like giant haystacks. <laughs> he did look like giant haystacks. Actually, tin can was... open a mouth. Honestly, <laughs> like walking through a graveyard. And a, and also, as we were discovering years to come, not the sweetest of all gentlemen either. Which obviously, I'm not. Uh, condoning that, but it just makes it funnier. It does make it funnier. No, but his inner beauty, because he's fucking horrible on the outside. <laughs> uh, the pilot for Harry Hill's TV Burp is at an ITV1. That'll never last. Uh, BBC One airs the network TV premiere of Notting Hill, starring Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant. Big mistake. Huge. That's a line from... Huge Grant. That's a line from Pretty Woman. <laughs> That's what you called it. Is that from the... I had no idea That's what that line That's from Pretty Woman, that line. <laughs> I just thought I'd try and I thought I'd throw you see if I could throw you off with it. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, two of my favourite films, Pretty Woman and Notting Hill. I like Notting Hill. I like the, it's the one where Hugh Grant plays a posh man that goes, um, I um I uh uh yeah. uh, uh, uh. <laughs> This is the shadow that Hugh Grant has been trying to get out of the yeah. last decade and a half. But then also That's why I play diddlers say- so often in TV shows and whatever. Like look, <laughs> I'll play a gay fire extinguisher, just let me do anything else other than playing a fop, all right? <laughs> Uh, Only Fools and Horses returns the first of three Christmas specials after previously ending in 96. The special, If They Could See Us Now, gets 21.34 million viewers, the UK's highest rated show of the entire decade of the 2000 to 2009. This is the one where they lose all their money and go back in the flat. Yeah. Fucking furious they the did Rocky that. The Rocky V fucking only absolutely disc- I'm so angry they did that. Why? Like they gave them the best ending. Yeah. And they went, nah, we are greedy bastards. We want three Christmas episodes. And they were shit. They gave us one joke, which was the guy could only say Gary. That was the next year, but yes. Oh, that was uh, the, oh God, they did two, didn't they? Christ. No, they did a few more, but... They dragged that corpse right through the woods, didn't they? I think people were like, but these have been amazing episodes. 96 trilogies, yeah, staggering work. So it's like, oh, if they bring it back, like every year for just a Christmas episode, fantastic. As long as the quality's the same. No. Nah, bloom was off the rose at this point. Completely. The toothpaste is out of the tube and the bloom's off the rose. Hey, Tom. Gary. <laughs> it's funny because that's the only word he can say. Uh-huh. And they've lost all the money and the happy ending has been completely washed. Uh, asylum Seekers. So sad. Uh, so sad. Funny. Other Christmas Day highlights on BBC One include Toy Story. The first part of a two-part dramatization of Arthur Conan Doyle's The Lost World. <laughs> I thought you said. Wait two- a minute! How badly typed is that? Because <laughs> it's not like you. Were yeah, no, that's how it is. A that's- two-part live-action yeah. dramatization. <laughs> how badly typed is that? That's gonna be based on Wikipedia. <laughs> you are a toy. <laughs> you are an. I'm an action figure. I can't believe you. Be- how did you make these giant toys come to life? <laughs> I know, that one's seven inches. Wow. You've got a friend in me. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Traumatization. Toy park. <laughs> uh, some other rubbish. Small Bill makes its UK TV debut and whatever. Uh, the Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring makes its cinema debut. Oh. Did you go to the cinema to see this? Because we sure did. Yeah. The Greg Family. Amazing film. Mm. And, the, and the start of like... A decade of destruction for the Hobbit. Because <laughs> right. the <laughs> then they do those three, and then there'd be a little Yay. pause, and they go, oh, this pamphlet they wrote called The Hobbit. We could probably make that into three nine-hour movies. No. And we'll have Del Boy <clears throat> and Rodney show up. It'll be like old times. <laughs> this time next year, the orcs will be millionaires. You'll have my... Millionaires! you have my sword, and my bow, and my Gary. <laughs> and my three-wheel car. <laughs> And my Rodney. 
and my Rooney. Fraser and Rodney coming soon to Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> Emmerdale is the day of reckoning for Ashley and Carlos as they wait to discover the results of the blood test. <laughs> day of reckoning? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's judgment day for Tara <laughs> as she makes a fool out of Sean when he turns up for a casual night out wearing a dinner jacket. Oh. Elsewhere, it's Armageddon 2001. <laughs> For Betty, <laughs> as she grows increasingly worried about the amount of time that Seth is spending on the computer internet. <laughs> Dirty old sod. <laughs> <laughs> Seth, what are you doing up there? <laughs> I'm Cyber Sunday, every day for <laughs> Seth. Says <his> name, Seth. <laughs> what Seth, are you doing, son? Seth freaking wankins. But all that was happening. Was that really a story arc where oh, yeah. Seth and Everton was just I'm, wanking too much? Dude, I, re- I don't know why I remember this stupid <laughs> thing, because I used to watch Everton, that's why. But, like, Seth was, like, being shown how to use a PC. And Seth's old, old. <laughs> like, last of summer wine would go, whoa, mm-hmm. look at it, here comes Tin Man. Uh, <laughs> he was shown his old 2001 PC, and he's like, you do this, you do this, and he presses the eject button, and the thing comes out. He goes, oh, it's even got a cup holder. <laughs> I can't believe I remember that. Oh, I missed 2001. I remember that (laughs) like I remember. This episode of SmackDown, the last one of the year, brought to you by the Cultolic Classic SmackDown Review. Mr. Tom, Mr. Matthew, the Lugs Brothers, they call them. (laughs) But never to their face. Tom, how the fuck you doing? Mate, I'm all right. I uh, I thank you. I hung out with Jeff Jarrett this week. Oh, that's nice. That was good. Do you know what? Right. I know it's a bit of a cliche. He is fucking great. Hey. Oh my, he is great. He is a fantastic sport. We took him afternoon tea and uh, and he was so up for it. Like we had, we had a little tea set and we brought him snacks and cakes and stuff and he just got into it. And on two occasions, he started the interview to go, you're great. I'm oh. like, ah, oh. that's all the validation I need. You know, in a, in, a, in a week where I've basically... Be, numerous things have happened that have given me emotional whiplash this week. Mm. Uh, but for Jeff Jarrett to say I'm great, I think that's all the, the validation I'll ever need. That's so great. funny because we, we got to Live Nation where we were doing the interviews. Dan Heppel and I, uh, from our editing team, that went down to Landon. And... Uh, Was I, Dan allowing three yards of <laughs> Jeff Jarrett? There were certain areas he couldn't go because his tag went off. But we sort of found our way around them. Uh, I left to go and get the afternoon tea bits, brought them fresh that day. And as I came back into Live Nation, it's like of all the people that I was expecting to smile and wave at me from reception, I just hear, Tom, it's yourself! Hey. <laughs> Grado! What are you doing here? Yeah. And I give Grado a big hug. He said, oh, me and Jeff are doing so- I don't know what we're doing. Uh, he rang me on Thursday, so so he so I got to spend some time with Grado, and then when the interview finished, they had to run off and go to Talksport, and then twenty minutes later, Jeff Jarrett's fucking braiding Grado with a guitar on Talksport. Oh. All I'll say was Jeff was lovely with me. He was lovely with me. <laughs> so that's all I'm saying. So that was a bloody highlight of the week. Getting oh. to hang out with Jeff Jarrett. It'll be on the YouTube channel very soon. Uh, how was your week? Uh, I hoovered my flat. That's exciting. I should have gone first. Now, now, what Hoover have you got? Now, have you got a Hoover or a vacuum cleaner? What is the difference? Well, the Hoover is a brand. Oh, is it? Yeah, Hoover's like the brand. Like Dumpster and uh, Google. And Pierre and Tannoy. 
That's right. Tannoy public address system. Mm. Um, Xerox, but that's, a, that's Z- an American thing, really. We want to say that over here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we often say a Hoover. And I, I, do you know what? That oh, is, oh, that's right. the true success of a brand, isn't it? When it becomes a verb. Google this. I hoovered. Yeah. You don't say I vacuum cleaned. I really tommed that. Tommed that. And Tom Campbell the shit out of that. That line. <laughs> Donkey. Um. Um. <laughs> so yes, I have a vacuum cleaner in that case. It's cleaner. a Dyson. It's the one my flatmate got. I've told this story before. He, uh, he, he sent in the thing. You know those things that say, have you been missold PPI? He fucking sold. Oh, yeah. Seven he, when he won, didn't he? And he went, well, they, they gave me a few grand. I went, Hugh Grant? Notting Hill. Oh, I, I, well, I, I, turning on the Hoover. I, 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 my legs. And, uh, yeah, and it was, so he got a nice, expensive vacuum cleaner. What a guy. So it's, it sounds like a weird thing to say, but sometimes it's fun to use. No, I get it. Because, you know, because uh, I had to use a Henry Hoover or somewhere else and I spilled, spilled me lentil chips on the floor. And I went, all right, let me get the Henry. <laughs> and you're just there, it, like, I can't believe, I feel like such a peasant. That is so, hang on, can we just, can we block that sentence? Like the most bohemian thing Matthew Gregg has ever said. I spilt my lentil chips on the floor and I had to use the Henry Hoover. I, I felt like such a peasant. <laughs> that is a fantastic sentence. Just out of context. And Lord knows people love it when Coldaholic takes a sentence out of context and shares it. And I think that... <laughs> I didn't say that. That's an, one interpretation of what you just put down I, I said it. Did I stutter? Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a, Henry Hoover's aren't as powerful as a Dyson. I'll say. Yeah. Henry sucks. That's the way he tries. Uh. <laughs> he tries. We've got a shark uh, cordless vacuum, oh. which, is, which was fine for the first couple of months. But we've noticed like the power's going in it. <laughs> and it is a nightmare, bless you, when feel. we have a cat... Uh, who, oh, yeah, that's going to get so some So I bought one of those. I bought it from Amazon. It's like a little uh, fur... It's like a little carpet scraper. Yeah. So you run your... your it's like a little, it, looks like a, it looks like a triangle. And uh, you scrape it on the carpet, and it pulls all the hair that's matted out of the carpet. Swear to God, I did this for about 20 minutes. Could have made another cat. Yeah. It's just... And Pablo's just watching me going, why are you ruining everything? Like, dude, this is all you. What have you been doing? Just like lolling on every bit of the carpet, for fuck's sake. So yeah. we have that, but we don't have any cats. Hmm. <laughs> someone's someone's oh. sneaking cats in. Oh, that's, that sounds like your life's exciting. I wonder if the last week of 2001 is the same in the world of wrestling. Now, it's quiet because we're wrapping up the year. Yes, we are. All those presents. Mm. <laughs> hey. um, however, I can bring you as a special treat to end the year it's one main item this week and it is the xwf house show report yay so if you've just joined us the xwf is a startup promotion with jimmy hart and brian knobs they're they're trying to get hulk hogan in not happening but the heart and knobs of wrestling <laughs> the heart and knobs of wrestling. that one works wonderfully they're running house shows. They've done Jimmy, a set of Jimmy TV Hart's tapings. Jimmy and Brian Hobbs cheese. <laughs> oh, Christ. The XWF Cafe, brother. <laughs> Get yourself to Stinky City with some of my Brian Nobbs <laughs> cheese. Freshly sheared that morning. Freshly scraped that morning. Oh, Christ. Sorry if you're having your breakfast listed to this. Um, so they've done a set of TV tapings. They haven't got a TV deal yet, but they're running house shows as well. 
Now, this comes now. A lot of this comes from the Wrestling Observer. We'll stop and talk about it as we go. Yeah, so disregard the bitch you don't like. Yeah. The first night of the house show tour was Hammond, Indiana. The reviews were not good. There was some sort of ticket problem where fans who ordered through the 800 phone line just didn't get tickets when they arrived. They rang up and went... There was a phone they ran, Yes, there was, there, was no, there was no 800 phone line for tickets for the XWF. And you rang up and they went, yes, your tickets are secured for Hammond, Indiana. Oh, yeah. And yeah. people get there and go, how oh, can you get me tickets? And they go, I don't know. Like their card's been charged. You looked in disbelief and went, you, you pre-ordered niggas over a phone for this? <laughs> you, you, we thought you were joking. You want to see this? Uh, the show ended up being held up by about an hour as people got into the building because they had to go back and find like everyone's credit card details in order to process their tickets. It's a fucking mess. That sounds more like an arena issue than the XWF. But... Well, I, I blame both. Mm. Uh, they had some guys from Man Cow's Morning Madhouse come uh, out to do yeah. a show to get the crowd going. Uh, they were talking about a confrontation that will take place between Man Cow and Jimmy Hart in Milwaukee the following day, Jeez. which is something that fucking five-star wrestling did in Newcastle. We might have talked about it on this podcast before, yeah. where we went to the Newcastle five-star wrestling show, and one of the first things they did was a contract signing for AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio the following night in Sheffield. It was booed because, of course, it was. Yeah, because I guess he was like, it's okay. It's all going to be recorded and filmed. It'll make sense. And it was never recorded. Never all. recorded. No. But yeah, so Man Cow and Jimmy Hart, uh, they did stuff in later day WCW on paper. They certainly did. Yeah, they brought Which out good Man, for Man Cow. Cow. Not good for people with eyes or ears or a good, soul. Good for people who live in the local area and know who Man Cow is. Mm. That was always the strange one. Riley Piper comes out after this and talks for a long time about Vince McMahon's ass. And who is he? Which radio person does he deal with? Is it Chris Evans or Andy <laughs> I think, Peters? I think he has a go at uh, Chris Tarrant. <laughs> they, they then start talking about Matilda and Don Morocco, apparently. So he just goes off on a tangent. Well, from Robot Wars. <laughs> yeah. He's interrupted, thankfully, by Jimmy Hart and Hale. Hart wanted Piper oh. to sign a match between Hale and a man called Lewis the Rock. Apparently he's a local indie guy. Sorry, Tom paused for applause there. No, no, I'm, I paused out of confusion. <laughs> Lewis the Rock. Yeah. So here's how this goes. Hart says to Piper, you give Hale a match with local star Lewis the Rock right now. Crowd pops. And Piper says, no, you're fighting Greg Valentine instead. <laughs> to which Valentine comes out, they have a horrible match. And Valentine wins uh, after Hart accidentally hits Hale with his megaphone. It's all about the youngsters in the XWF, lest we forget. Hey, they're building up to something on this show. <laughs> Kid Cash beats Josh Matthews in what is called a pretty bad match. They botch almost everything. Uh, at one point, uh, Josh Matthews. Oh, at one point, uh, Josh almost broke every rib in Kid Cash's body when he botched a senton. So that's good. It's gone well. I think I've seen Josh Matthews wrestle. I think I've seen a match of his. He's pretty good. Was he tough enough? <laughs> Apparently, he was for a bit. David Penzer is our ring announcer. <laughs> he comes back out to inform the fans of something, but the fans were too busy chanting what to listen. <laughs> Penzer got really angry and said, I'm just going to be quiet and let you get it out of your system, to which they chanted what even louder. 
<laughs> he's like the assistant teacher's like ah oh, we're not gonna fucking respect you it's it's the weird thing with ring announcers like you don't try and overrule the crowd yeah you've just got to you know you can't There's more of them yeah the moment the moment you show a, a liquor weakness they fucking got you <laughs> they've had to show yeah joke's on you <laughs> there's a fire <laughs> you're all dead now ian harrison aka oh. british storm uh beat norman smiley with a head scissors <laughs> What? I know, right? That's a weird image. I can't even visualise that. Just like, just imagine. Head scissors. It's like a mountain just trying to wrap itself around Norman Smiley. Oh, right. Does he mean the submission hole, not the flying head scissors? I assumed, I assumed initially flying head scissors, but I think yeah. he means like he just. Yeah, that's yeah. But you know, it's what a shit finishing move for a, a big, yeah. a big lad. You think like a power bomb or something. Head scissors. What'd you finish, big lad? A flying head scissors. You finish a big lad. Whoa, oh, just, really? Just wrap my thighs around their head. That doesn't look good, but I can't do anything after that. That's why it's the finish. <laughs> this is amazing, right? Dresden versus Big Vito. <laughs> Dresden. Dresden is the dregs. Oh, but no. I v- thought we got well with Big Vito. Well, Vito was supposed to put Dresden over. But mid-match, Vito changed his mind <laughs> and said to the ref, DQ. And like, uh, he, that was it. He, Dresden gave him a low blow and the ref, and he told the ref, DQ him. He just gave me a low blow. Dresden didn't sell the first low blow, so Vito had to kick him again. Then he stormed out of the ring and threw a tantrum backstage. Thank God there are no prima donnas in the XWF. (laughs) You hear some mutterings about Big Vito, about what an awkward weirdo he is, Mm. but (laughs) to get himself DQ'd in a match for the XWF house show is amazing. I'm not losing the Dresden. (laughs) Dresden. David Penzer goes, introducing the X Girls. <laughs> and, then for, oh, no. and then for five oh, minutes, no. nothing happened. <laughs> they exited. <laughs> exit, exit. Uh, <laughs> Penzer stood around like a twat for a few minutes <laughs> before the X Girls finally appeared. <sighs> They had a 45-minute intermission after their dance routine. Oh, I think I just had intermissions. They danced for 45 <laughs> minutes. They're just sweated. <laughs> the ring had to be mopped up. For $10, you can get a photo with an ex-girl. And a large amount of fans took advantage of this offer. Oh, okay. Huh? The, the, yeah, the, the, I think the reason the intermission was so long was because there was a big queue for people taking pictures ah. of the ex-girls. <laughs> hey, well done. Fucking hell. Uh, Jim Duggan beat the wall. <laughs> Well done, Jim. You t- Mr. Duggan, tear down this wall. Um, Road Warriors beat the Nasty Boys. Uh, Hawk at one point shouts at Nobs and calls him a gerbil-faced twit. That made the Observer, apparently. It's a good line. Um, the match went about 10.35. 10.34 of it was them talking on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Vampiro beat Buff Bagwell and Kurt Hennig in a triple jeopardy match. <laughs> I think it just means a triple jeopardy. Triple jeopardy. Off we go to Milwaukee for oh. December 29th at the US Cellular Arena. It's it's set up for 12,000. They get 2,000 in. Of course. <laughs> yeah. As big as it was, the sound system was horrible. Most of the fans couldn't hear a thing that was being said. Rena Mero and Roddy Piper are hyping the show at the start. No one can fucking hear it. Jimmy Hart and Hale interrupt the unintelligible promo. Jimmy Hart says, Hale is my new monster. Rena, please don't book him in a match with Greg Valentine. Now, I like this. There's a bit of reverse psychology here. <laughs> don't book Greg Valentine. To which Piper says, no, book it. 
and he has a match with Greg Valentine. But at least this time, Hale won, so that's good. So we, get, we, we start the night again with Hale versus Greg Valentine. Big Vito faced Dresden. This time he fucking behaved himself and put him over. Not a boy. Uh, Kid Cash is apparently now known as Kid Crash. Just decided overnight. He's okay. now Kid Crash. He beats Josh. Better than the night before. Oh. Vampiro and Johnny B. Bad team up to beat Buff Bagwell and Kurt Hennig. Um, God, I forgot about Johnny B. Bad's re weird return. The early <laughs> 2000s. Jesus. Johnny B. Bad cuts a promo before the match, making fun of Bagwell getting fired from the WWF, to which Bagwell's rebuttal is, I didn't get fired, I got released. There's a difference. He still says that to this day. <laughs> so it's like, ha, ah. ha, no, no, really. <laughs> He's doing that in a promo. <laughs> they did an intermission once again with the ex-girls. Uh, it took a long time again because everyone's photo was with women. Uh, Jim, Jim Duggan beat the wall once again, tear down the wall. British Storm... Uh, Ian Harrison beat Norman Smiley again with those meaty head scissors. And then the Nasty Boys beat the Road Warriors with help from Piper. But then Rena Mero comes out and reverses the decision for the Road Warriors. So we've got dueling commissioners on fucking house shows. Here's the thing as well. They're doing it like, oh, come to all the house shows for different stories. They're doing the same matches every night, though. So they're telling people, oh, come tomorrow night to see this. But all the matches are the same. Well, I thought it was a different place. Like, is it not? A this different... is in Milwaukee. The, the first one I read was in Hammond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, is in like, Milwaukee. Where, how, what's the difference between those two places? Um, yeah, yeah. I was assuming it was like, you know, hundreds of miles away. It's just, yeah, it's probably, yeah, it's, it's far enough, I would have thought. But the fact that they are... In, they're, they're in Hammond saying, hey, you best watch the show in Milwaukee tomorrow because this is happening. So people might go, oh, oh, do you know what? I'm off to Milwaukee to see my <laughs> Auntie Graham. It's funny you I'll, say that actually, I'll, Jimmy Hart. I'll go to Milwaukee. That's the same show exactly. <laughs> With one different match. I've got that, that Lord of the Rings playing at the Metroplex. <laughs> at the Metroplex near my Auntie Graham. All right, I'm going to buy a shit Robbie Williams album. <laughs> and then, well, you know... Punish myself of that. Anyway, and then is there any more? The final show was in Green Bay, and it drew about Wisconsin. 1500. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Roddy Piper opens the show. He says, the XWF is going to be an alternative to the WWF. He then began talking profusely about his days in the WWF. <laughs> Jimmy Hart came out and started talking about his days in the WWF. <laughs> and then Piper said, right, your guy Hale, he's fighting Greg Valentine. <laughs> Valentine won after Hart accidentally hit him with the megaphone. You think Hart would have learned by now not to try hitting Valentine with his megaphone? Two out of three times it backfires. <laughs> Valentine was apparently compared to the Iron Sheik. <laughs> the Iron Shit. Uh, Dresden beat wow. Vito. Vito was very professional this evening. In what he, context? He got, he I've not seen a human being take that many drugs since <laughs> the Iron Sheen. <laughs> I've not seen somebody speak that intelligibly, but so passionately since the days of the Iron Sheen. Did I tell you when I watched Royal Rumble 92 and, we, and Alex came in as Greg Valentine was entering and she said, why is Sharon from down the road in this match? <laughs> he looks so... <laughs> That's Sharon from down the if road. If he was behind a chip shop counter, you wouldn't blink. <laughs> he would not blink. All right, Greg, uh, sausage and chips, please. Um, Kid Crash beats Josh. British Storm, Ian Harrison, beats Norman Smiley with, with head what? scissors. Hey. Smiley has sent, spent all week with his head between Ian Harrison's thighs. 
What a way to make a living. Ex-girls took pictures, but they limited them to 50, so intermission wouldn't last until the next morning. And it looked like the bit in Lion King when Fasha dies. Uh, Jim Duggan beat the wall. <laughs> Tear down the wall. Du- Duggan having to fight his way through the crowd of horny men <laughs> when to get a photo of an ex-girl. Yeah, come <laughs> on, it's the break. No, I've got to have my match. Oh. Get away from those hoes. <laughs> There's some hoes at this house show. Um, and then in the main event, Buff Bagwell beats Kurt Hedigan Vampiro after hitting them both with brass knucks. Former WCW ref Mickey J hey. was on the call. He got bumped just before the finish. Vampiro cuts a promo after the match, uh, aggressively thanking everyone for coming along. <laughs> yes, yeah, like Vampiro. Including the ring truck guys for putting on such a great show. Uh, alas, the show is not over yet. The fans had to watch Road Warriors versus the Nasty Boys with help from Roddy Piper. <laughs> with all that said, they already cancelled three shows scheduled for Port Hur and Battle Creek and Toledo. In a press release, the company claimed that negotiations to get a TV deal were going very well. However, the TV company, not specified, asked them to keep the, all the TV footage exclusive for them. Therefore, the release explained, they were unable to use their infomercials as a vehicle for ticket sales. They said they taped the Milwaukee show and would be rush-producing a new infomercial that would soon announce revised house show dates. There was less shit on Noah's Ark <laughs> than that press release. Can we the, keep the this TV company <laughs> said we couldn't use them for what? I love the carny nature wrestling. They, Anytime you hear these shows of disasters and lost money, you go, yeah, but good enough a nicer bunch of people. Listen, it's horse shit. <laughs> they put the tape on a really high shelf and we can't reach it. <laughs> so we're just going to make some new wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the XWF is a fucking joy. It won't be with us for long, so let's enjoy oh. the good... It's, it's here for a good time, not a long time. Stuffed out like a candle in the wind. Oh, it's like a candle in the wind. Can we just Unreliable. Skip, <laughs> can we just skip to the bloody smackdowns? There can't be any much notes that's it. you. That's yeah, all I've got go. for this Thank week. You. Everything's in shutdown because it's Christmas. Oh, so that's all I've God. got. And it, we can't we can't top that. Let's go into the, the notes for SmackDown this week. Oh, don't worry. We'll make things exciting with my fantastic satellite feed episode. Yay! Yay! Lots of feedback being liked for the satellite feed episodes. Love the no, satellite nothing. feed. No, nothing. Oh, sorry. Tom likes it. And that's all that matters. Mm. We are at the TD Waterhouse Center. God, it's an old sounding name for a venue, isn't it? So I was going to look at the where house that, that was. used to be filled with water. Um, TD in Orlando, Florida. This was recorded December 22nd, so a few days before this. Uh, in the dark match, that is very easily be seen online. It is... Oh. See, the, uh, the Waterhouse is now the Amway, which is, I believe, where WWE put the Thunderdome for a while. Oh, okay. During, during, the, during lockdown, as Amway seems to ring a bell. Um, I will just double-check that. I'm pretty sure it was at the Amway. Americans, they're bad English. Amway... <laughs> oh, you're the way, you idiot. <laughs> Pretty sure Amway was Thunderdome. Yeah. Hang on. As Tom scumbles through this, I'll explain that the dark match before the tapings is Earthquake. Playing yes! Tank Malosh. Sit down, splash. He works hard, as expected for guys, even super heavyweights like him, delivering a leg drop and the stomp to a lovely prop from the crowd. Very nice to see them. Like, oh, so, okay. so happy. Alas, it wasn't meant to be, as they've already brought back Big Boss Man and the NWO are coming soon. So I guess there's only 
so many Hogan friends they can bring in at once. Bless but them. The, the match itself uh, is available on YouTube. You yeah, can, you you find can watch easily. it. I think they really have ever put it out themselves properly, so, but it's easy to do because people like this recording off the satellite feed. He was always well thought of in the WWF yeah. was Earthquake. So him, him having a little run out with Joey Abs when he was in the area was just like to see. Mm. And, and I, I actually don't know why any, nothing happened. I guess like you say, there was, they didn't want uh, they didn't want any more older guys coming in, maybe. I think to the deafening science boss man gets the main event. We'll get to that later on. Oh. Um, Howard Fink does the merch hype instead of Chimmel, who presumably is in the doghouse forever, uh, where they serve him uh, water via a water uh, bowler. Uh, Fink manages to make the bottle head sound distinguished. <laughs> you know, that voice. <laughs> you know, Chimmel going, and you too uh, can buy the Austin uh, bobblehead. Uh, say, whatever. Fink. <laughs> Like the Austin bubble head, bubble head. Yeah. <laughs> and a replica woman's uh, championship. Championship. You know, like, okay, get me one of them. Beard. Uh, he's just sound Italian. <laughs> Coachman shows up uh, to do commentary. He comes out to a kid rock song. I don't recognise to do commentary for Heat. Oh, and Michael Hayes joins him. Coming out to, of course, Bad Street, USA. Fucking yes. Uh, we can't hear them anyway, because they'd overdub these other comedies for foreign feeds, so just you see the entrances, but we don't hear them. Sunday Night Heat then starts. The Hurricane pins test at 3 minutes 58 after Rikishi interferes and hits the super kick as the referee was distracted by Molly in the ring. Test shouldn't be losing to Hurricane. Ooh. Oh, wait, Rikishi's involved, so it means more rock, rock stuff. Rock stuff, fucking hell, Matthew. It means more stuff with the rock. Yes, I'll allow that. Uh, Billy Gunn pins Albert at five minutes, seven seconds, the famouser, after Albert became distracted by Palumbo on the apron. I mean, oof, I'm sure we appreciate the compliment there. <laughs> Albert by himself gets a modest pop, so this new look actually maybe has legs. Billy is getting gayer and gayer as the weeks go by, and the big show pins the Brooklyn Brawler. No, I didn't stutter. The Brooklyn Brawler is here! Very quickly with the choke slam. Uh, Brawler completely fucks up the choke slam. So Big Show just lets him drop and then picks him up and does it again. And I would put here, let me check and see if this made TV. No, they edited it. Ha, 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 ha. You actually, uh, if you check out Matthew's Twitter or Matthew's X or Twitter. whatever it's called, um, you can actually see you shared the the, the complete flummox that the Brooklyn yes. Brawler made of the choke slam and how Big Show picked him up and redid it. Because that's what I do. Uh, <laughs> yes, if you want to check out my X, by the way, you have to wait in line with other horny men. It could be $10. Uh, the Acolytes <laughs> defeat Crash Holly and Funaki in 4 minutes 44. Crash complains about being stuck with Funaki. Crash says he can't go into the new year with this. Look at Look at this team and then look at us. Let's face it. The APA are going to get their asses beat. <laughs> Crash Holly can't live with that guilt. The APA do their best, oh, we're really scared, expressions, before murdering both men. Ha, ha, ha. Nice little matcher. Lillian sings the anthem, and I put in brackets, the Yank one. <laughs> because she comes out and starts singing, Then Michael Cole heads out to click, click, boom, and Lola heads out to an actual pop. <laughs> Does he tell us to support our troops? Yes, of course. Okay. Uh, Michael, while well, Lord is doing his, oh, terrorist bad, USA good, puppies speech, Cole on commentary says, oh, something smells absolutely horrible. What is that? <laughs> Cole lets Lola know that there's a bachelorette party in the crowd, uh, and they both find this hilarious. Like, why would you come to this for your bachelorette party? 
So hateful for their own audience that are paying good money. I love, I love it. I was like, why are they here? Why are they here having a good time? And sadly, Lola doesn't go because the XWF was sold out. (laughs) (laughs) And it leads us to Witty Wee, Witty Woo. Still not really fits, does it? Uh, The main event tonight is RVD and The Rock taking on Kurt Angle and Lance Storm. Mm. That's a weird match. But uh, also tonight, Stone Cold takes on Booker T and... Big boss man, <laughs> SmackDown is on drugs tonight. <laughs> the Dudley Boys start off the show. They are tag team champions, but haven't done much on the show recently, so we don't blame you for forgetting this. On Raw, Taz talked to Santa, and Bubba Claus told Taz he's mad because his elves are taller than him, which caused Taz to interfere later on and cost Bubba the Santa versus Santa match against Tajiri. Did you remember this? I did. And I tell you why okay. I remember it. It was in the recap. Bubba, the Bubba Claus's suplex off the top as he goes, ho, 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 superplex. I don't know why I remember that. Yeah. But I remember, the, I remember Bubba Claus very well. And I remember Taz uh, helping Tajiri win. Yep. And it's just that reinforcement of the fact that, oh, yeah, Taz is hot shit at the moment. Yep. Wow. An actual by God push for Taz. Is there something to be said for the fact that the majority of the guys that we spread this podcast ragging on just eventually just become amazing <laughs> for well, a moment in time. They hear the podcast and go, yeah, we should, we should push them. I think that's what happens. I think, there's, I think there's some multiverse shit going on. Like, we took the piss out of Test consistently. He became amazing. Yeah. We ripped the piss out of Kane. He became the greatest yeah, character. It, his best years just happened. Yeah. We took the piss out of Taz mercilessly. He's fucking amazing now. And that's where we turn around and go, oh, we said it with love. Now, now you're winning. <laughs> uh, Spike Dudley heads out, and he, nicely he's using the Dudley's first theme. They're bow, 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 Yeah, that yeah. hasn't changed, though. He's always used that. Yeah, exactly. And he's heading out with Taz. And I had forgotten about this little tag team. Devon and Bubba waste no time battering Satan's bin man, Taz, <laughs> around. However, Taz hip-tosses Bubba. So Spike, a.k.a. Dana Carvery Studcock... <laughs> Takes down Bubba with the 10 punches and head Did you call He him, does look like the guy from Wayne's World. Did you call him Dana Carvery? I hoped you would notice that. <laughs> that famous bistro, Dana Carvery. And his brother, Toby. <laughs> Carvey, isn't it? Dana, Dana Carvey. Carvey. But you I, can tell her from the yeah. northeast. <laughs> but I still so, saw that spelling and went Carvery. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer Dana Carvery. Dana Carvery. <laughs> Come to Dana's, Dana's Carvery. It's excellent. I really want a Carvery now. Speaking of which, Spike Dudley inexplicably bites Stacy's ass. Lola <laughs> offers to rub her better. Bubba wishes his God I wish I was Vader bomb <laughs> to allow Taz to fold Bubba like mum's laundry with the Tazplex. Spike Dudley lands the double stomp, but Devon kicks out. Then dodges the 3D and Taz locks in the Taz mission on Bubba so Spike can pin Devon with the Dudley dog. New jobs. Oh, wait, it's non-title. non-title. Damn it, I hate when WF would do that and they do that a lot. But yeah, Spike and Taz are getting a push. And they beat the champs clean. Bloody hell. Amazing. Spike biting Stacey's ass was a moment in time. I feel like I feel like the gimmick now is everybody, every tag team that faces the Dudleys has to find something creative to do that revolves around Stacey's ass. Albert pulled it's her skirt down. Big Show spank, spanks her. 
Spike biter. <laughs> Look, he's, he's come off the rebound. Yeah, <laughs> and straight into a he's, woman's ass. He's gone from Molly Holly to Taz. He's clearly <laughs> desperate. Backstage, Vince Nareff, and of all people, Perry Bastard Satin, Yay! in brackets, with beard, tells Vince how impressed they were with the upset they just saw. So Vince goes, aha, a turn of phrase, and says, well, I hope Flair won't be upset when I make my announcement, teehee. I guess you could say, we are eating Uda, and he's in our stomachs. <laughs> I'm going to buy a Sega Saturn. <laughs> Speaking of Saturn. He then, announced, he then shakes Perry's hand to show he's a McMahon of the people. <laughs> he says, and he says, good to see you, Perry. Sorry we keep giving you shithead jobbers. Yeah. So you have to fight for your life every time you're in the ring. <laughs> Sorry, you have to fight for your life every time you're on metal. <laughs> and Perry says, I'm not on metal, I'm, I'm on coke. Vince says, hey. Are we all love? As he walks. Speaking of coke, speaking of coke, says Vince, to, to, to coin a phrase, I'm higher than a giraffe's vagina. This is the whole segment they have. Yeah. And then Vince is like, all right, that was a good preview. Now let's actually do it for real. <laughs> <laughs> in a satellite feed bit Michael Cole makes fun of how over the top Lola was during the last segment and Lola apologises saying the smell of vomit distracted him <laughs> oh so that's the smell it's vom he, he, they say look there's something that stinks at ringside and this is a recurring <laughs> thing through the night they're like what is that stench is it Tony Chimmel <laughs> I think they might actually say that at one point <laughs> is it Chimmel yeah. Vince McMahon heads out with his Christmas themed Chiron he, is it Chiron? Chiron? What a, graphics. He realises some are upset with him and some of the antics and decisions he's made recently. And I've put, aye, we're still not over you hiring Chronic. <laughs> but Vince says this is the holiday season, so he's the same as them. Crowd wats him, and Vince tells him to cut that crap out. <laughs> Shades of the late great David Benzer. <laughs> Crowd Vince still want him, so Vince loses it and tells him to shut up. <laughs> Carl continues to want him, so Vince struts out as only he can. Vince wants to tell everyone his New Year's resolutions, but here's Flair to walk very gingerly down the ramp. God, he looks rough. Flair asks for one of Vince's New Year's resolutions, and he hopes that one of them is that he stops coming out and ranting every bloody week. Rick explains to the fans why he hasn't battered Vince. He explains that way back in 88, Rick was having some issues, and Vince wanted Flair. Rick declined, but a year later, when Rick was having issues with self-confidence, he rang Vince, who told him, if you got it, bring it. So Rick found himself at Survivor Series with Hulk Hogan, The Undertaker, Ted Dib... Wait, 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 we just jumped to 91, but okay, whatever. <laughs> and then Rick was part of the family, and then Rick won the title at the 92 Rumble. Rick says he only said the NWA was better because he had a job to do, and he knew the WF was biggest. And I just put, whoa, 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 sweet child of mine. What? Do you know there's... there's... Wait, wait, can we just get through the entire thing then go back? Oh, of course, like, of course. We, like, Vince told Rick that he was in the main event of WrestleMania 8 with Randy Savage in front of 75,000 fans. And okay, Rick's fucking lost it now. <laughs> it was unbelievable, says Rick. We agree, Rick. <laughs> Completely unbelievable. Rick says Vince told him, every time you get this close to greatness, you do something stupid and take a step back. What, like, make shit up? <laughs> so Rick had always wanted to ask Vince something, and that's, who are you to tell Flair how to wrestle? 
You may be the greatest promoter ever, but who are you to talk down to Ric Flair? Flair removes his jacket. Cole says Flair waited 10 years to get that off his chest. Rick says even his kid Reed looks at Vince on TV and says, wow, he's buff. My own kid <laughs> thinks you're hard. <laughs> Flair looked through the contracts and found one that said Vincent Mann owner slash wrestler. Vince, you're double dipping. Wow. <laughs> Surely some government agency should investigate that and check his house. Which means Vince is wrestling at the Rumble. One-on-one -on -one with the next man who's going to knock you on your ass. And Rick punches Vince. Uh... I like the last bit where it's like, guess who's wrestling you? Like the last person punched him. But this is all over the place, like a crazy woman shit. <laughs> Tom, have at it. Now, I didn't mind it. Now, I know that, to put it really politely, Ric Flair was ecumenical with the truth. I'm glad it's the first sentences of that word being used in the podcast. <laughs> to put it very yeah, like, the Dana Carvery were called on the <laughs> Dana, He was very Dana Carvery with the truth. Um, yes, there was a few um, liberties made in recollection. The the line about "Oh, we always knew you were better" is reminded me of there's an NWO video coming out next year produced by the WWF in which Hulk Hogan goes, oh, yeah, all the stuff that we did in, oh, in WCW right. was only because Vince told us how to be promo guys. Like, oh, the reason the NWO was such a success is because we all learned under Vince. Thanks, Vince. So I was like, oh, yeah, history history will always be written by the winners. Y yes. Always uh, be written again, by the winners. The people around to remember it, mm. WF would have the stance for ages. It was only when the network came out and they go, like, oh, we better tell everyone this is actually good to watch. Mm. We can't go... All the WWE pay-per-views, all the ECW super shows, and all that shit WCW footage you made fun of for years. It's all here. It's all shitty. <laughs> exactly. Like, no, that's actually no. This stuff's actually really good. Um, but, yeah. Ric Flair uh, talking about headlining WrestleMania Eight, uh, getting shouted down by Vince. Now he was in one of the main events of Mania Eight, not the main event. Mm. There was there was uh, an eight-man tag between him and the main event. <laughs> Anyone who's old enough and ugly enough to remember. And Vince McMahon saying, oh, every time you come this close to greatness, you, you take two steps back. That's not, that's not a lie. That was a real conversation that happened, but it wasn't to do, it was for, to do with the fact that the company had a no blading policy. Yeah, I was going to say, Flair yes. And cut his own head open. Yeah. So that's, so that's why Vince was angry, because they had a no blading policy and Flair bladed. So that's so... <laughs> Flair had to blade. He had to, I mean, obviously... I've been forever taught in all the careers I've had in media-based places, always seek blade forgiveness. Blade on camera. Blade on camera. Oh, sorry. And always seek forgiveness rather than ask permission. That's, my, that's the ethos. So many places have built into me. Always seek forgiveness rather than ask permission. Like taking Jeff Jarrett afternoon tea. We didn't sort of dot the T's and cross the I's with all of that. We just turned up with it and thought it'd be fine. And then, like, what are they going to do? If they stop us, then we'll just do a normal interview. But then we turn up with it, and they're like, oh, that's great. I think, like, there we go, we're off. Mm. Always seek forgiveness, as opposed to ask permission. And I think that's what Ric Flair did at WrestleMania 8. But that's the reason why that happened. But the passion and the energy of it, I was into it, gave us a little backstory as to why, you know, the, the, the history of Flair and Vince. And I think it adds an extra wrinkle to their match, makes it feel a bit like this has been a long time coming. Mm. Longer than we think. Yeah, I like, yeah, if you... It was full of bollocks, mm, though. Yeah. It was full of embellished bollocks. 
I only said NWA was better. Like, to, 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 a lot of people ask, like, oh. But then again, ECW, sorry, ECW, that's not his name. Paul ECW Heyman, to his friends, was very creative with the truth when he did his promo that everyone loved. So, I mean, yeah, just, exactly. just saying. Ric Flair, a few years saying. later, would go on to say TNA Lockdown is the grandest spectacle <laughs> in the history of wrestling because it was an event that happened to happen in April. <laughs> Which therefore, Ric Flair, without doing any research, just assumed that lockdown was their WrestleMania. And there's a great video of him going, lockdown, it's the granddaddy of them all. It's the biggest spectacle. No, it's not their main pay-per-view. Just because it's in April doesn't mean it's their main pay-per-view, Rick. This, this, this loan I'm defaulting on is the greatest loan I've ever defaulted on. <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Xbox Slam of the Week, sponsored by Halo or something, is a <laughs> Tim White elbowing test. The referees have had enough of Teflon tests. Yeah, Teflon ain't sticking no more. No, no, no. Christian is still European champion, and he's taking on Rikishi, whose arse is the size of Greece's debt. <laughs> Commentators spend the entire time talking about the previous segment. There's Kishi gives Christian a belly-to-belly -belly without leaving his feet. That's efficient. <laughs> Impressive. But drop misses. Simone drop sets up the arse death, but test appears so dumb fuck Rikishi heads outside and gets counted out so Christian retains while Rikishi throws test into the steps. Kishi super kicks a gloating Christian and arse deaths him in the corner. <laughs> so test, big boot 2001's Rikishi in his stereotypically hard Samoan racist head. <laughs> Christian knows that doesn't hurt Rikishi due to racism, so he lands the unprettier on the European title to leave him laying. This happened. So that happened in the timeline. That happens before the heat match that you described 20 minutes ago. Oh. Which is where, where Rikishi comes out and helps Test beat the, hurric oh, the Hurricane beat Test. So they take that before that. So that makes sense. Bom, bom, bom. There you go. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought Rikishi giving Christian the stink face was fun. And I thought the, the match was good. Yeah. Uh, Vince Mann liked it because Christian's face was blurred out. <laughs> Backstage. Uh, yeah, he really hates Christian's face. That's why he covers it with Rikishi's arse. Yes, he'd rather have Rikishi's arse there <laughs> than Christian's face. Uh, Kurt Angle and Lance Storm are backstage. Lance laughs off the allegation that The Rock and RVD are charismatic. Kurt gets Lance to smile, and Kurt's like, wow. Kurt dances to show off his coolness, and the two cool dudes of attitudes leave. 
Uh, like they're playing into it. It so. was a really fun segment, but improved for me when Kurt Angle said, come on, Lance, show us that award-winning smile to which Lance Storm like, looks at Kurt, points at his face and does a half smile. And after a few seconds, somebody like somebody in the crowd pops like a cartoon horn. It's... <laughs> <laughs> you watch it back. He just, he just hear a little. <laughs> that might be the reason the the place smells. <laughs> it's whenever we're in Canada. There's always somebody in the crowd with a trombone, <laughs> and it'd be like it'd be like Jericho going, you know, Austin, you beat me down on Monday. It's <laughs> <laughs> always someone with a fucking trombone in Canada. <laughs> Instead in AEW, where was the trombone when AEW took Canada? Exactly. Not a single trombone. So you'll it, always be number two. That's why you'll always be a secondary promotion. <laughs> uh, during the satellite feed call, also complains about the awful smell at ringside. <laughs> I miss all of this by watching the boring network. <laughs> Can you smell that? It's awful. <laughs> it was sure about it. It's just not that episode yeah. of the Royal Family. I can still smell shit in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Christian goes to the bathroom <laughs> and wipes his face. Funaki laughs at his smelly face, so Christian tells him to shut up because he's champion of Europe and a giant killer. Funaki calls him a horse's ass. <laughs> okay. Funaki versus Christian for the European title. Hell yeah. Bucket your cowards. Japan is in Europe. Uwu champion Jericho is chilling by a sunny pool with his titles because even though Vince gave him the day off, he wanted to say hi to the little people, the poor people. The people who can't afford the crappy gifts they're giving the people they don't like. Oh, and he's heard all the insults from people being upset at him dubbing himself the living legend. Uh oh. Uh -oh. When there's living legends like Ric Flair still around. Oh, that's nice. Jericho says guys like Flair should concentrate on living, period. Yes. <laughs> and Rick has never even been a Woo champion. He's never beaten The Rock and Austin one night. Puh. Jericho calls himself a living legend because it's true. He's better than all the rest. That was nice bringing up Flair to mix up the uh, Larry Bruno drama because Flair and Bruno were not friends. <laughs> they had a little true. rivalry. They were a bit. They were Bruno could be very bitchy, um, and Flair is a big bitch. So it was interesting that these two would go like, "Who was better?" But also, like Bruno had that with Lutez as well. Do you think maybe so. Bruno might have been the problem? <laughs> we Even don't no. talk about Bruno. Ah. No, no, no. That's WWE yeah. for thirty years. Yeah. But I, this promo still feels like Jericho pretending to be a big deal rather than actually being a big deal. And all he feels right now is a proper big lugs. Shoes of a champion. Yeah. Nice. Can I quickly point out <laughs> before you go into the lugs advert? Yeah, sure. Why not? I spotted a sign behind Chris Jericho on the pool and I was, I was zooming in for ages to see what it said. And it said, Nadu Asu Promo Rizigo. I was like, oh, that sounds Latin. And I, I went into Google and translated it. It simply says, swim at your own risk. <laughs> Damn it. If only I'd read yeah. Latin. <laughs> and not jumped into the pool wearing my... Lugs. There you go. We're back. <laughs> Choose the champion presents <laughs> RVD beating Lance Storm on Raw. Wow. Just like Guilty as Charged 99. You'd be guilty as charged too if wearing amazing shoes was somehow illegal. <laughs> what are you in for? Oh, battery. What are you in for? I robbed a bank. What are you in for? Wearing lugs. Holy shit! Whoa. You're the king of this wing of the prison? 
King of the prison wing. King of the wing. <laughs> Is that when Jonathan Ross was a commentator? <laughs> Kurt Angle and Lance Storm team up tonight to take on RVD and The Rock. The commentators sure know how to hype up a big match like this by talking about how incessantly dull Lance Storm is as a person. Uh It is not helped by, of course, The Rock's pop, making everyone else's look flat by comparison. The Rock tells Angle to just bring it as Rock's eyes bugging out reaction make you know he hates Kurt. Mm. Lance starts off, but Rock tries going after Kurt on the apron, which is enough to allow Lance to get in some shots so The Rock is suddenly invested in beating up Lance. Well, that and the loss on Raw. Kurt declines the tag, so RVD batters Lance instead. It's a good idea putting these together so frequently as Lance can take all of RVD's stuff and RVD will actually sell for Lance, mm-hmm. providing there's no chairs involved. Kurt tags in to smother RVD like peanut butter over bread. I'm hungry. RVD kicks Kurt in the face. And Kurt's not bleeding. He's learning. The Rock tags in. Gold star for you, Rob Well done, you. Well done. Don't eat it all at once. The Rock (laughs) tags in, so Lance pulls the rope, so Rock eats shit outside instead of peanut butter sandwiches. Lance is able to work over The Rock with Kurt assisting. Cole points out The Rock lost to Lance via countout. Oh, I see. Uh, Lola tells Cole, so, still counts. He's got a job, hasn't he? Lola's right. Angle finally tags in against Rock now that Lance has turned him from chunky to smooth, in brackets, like peanut butter, and Kurt effortlessly belly to bellies, but grandstands too much, so Rock absolutely launches Kurt halfway across the ring and in the ropes with an overhead of his own. Oh my God, did he get air. Hot tag to RVD, who kicks Kurt in the face twice, but he's still not bust open. Well done. Peanut butter sandwiches for you. Five Star connects on Kurt, but Lance lands his own funky splash to break it up. Hot tag and Rock lands the kick, DDT to Lance, and the smoothness in which Rock pops up to go after Kurt is breathtaking. The Rock was grease lightning in 2002, and he's obviously just getting his cardio in for that. Kurt gets put off the apron, and People's Elbow exterminates Lance, and that is the end of the match. After months of Rock v Jericho and Kurt versus Austin, I'm glad for a return to Kurt versus Rock, because... It's an always great formula. Everyone else has played their roles and shutting their mouths, and this was 70% The Rock. Oh, lovely stuff here. God, The Rock's good. Are you all right? He's playing something on his phone. It's the grandstand thing. You said grandstand, and that was all my brain did. Did I? You said grandstand. Oh, it was grandstanding. I thought I said peanut butter five times. There's something related to this. No, I, just, I said grandstand once. That that's when we had went today. Pavlov would have loved you. Pavlov? Yeah. Pavlov? Pa- Pavlov, my, my cat. No, Pavlov's what it said. <laughs> like, it's the Jericho's pool. Um... I I really enjoyed this. Rock and RVD are a fun tag team. As you say, Rock is fucking so mm. on it at the moment. It's going to be a devastating loss very soon when he buggers off to make films. Yes. He's gonna, but he's so, he's so far above others that it's almost embarrassing in, yeah. in some cases. Like, I know he means well when he wants to work and, and make Landstorm look good, but the, the girth... Between them, the dearth between them is shocking, mm. uh, and uh, and how lovely that we're reading about that match. We watched that match this week uh, in the same week in 2023, the year of our Lord, that Rob Van Dam is due to have another match. Jesus Christ! Van Dam versus Jack Perry next week is a thing. Yeah. Oh, you're not. You don't seem too fussed. Just let it die. <laughs> Jack Perry. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm sick of that kid. Sick of that youngster, you Jack Berry. Is? It's, yeah. I think it's in keeping with the story they're telling. Bringing out um, ex ECW guys with the FTW belt. Okay. In the mix, not a fan. I'm just over it. Yeah. I feel like I've seen 19 comebacks of ECW. Loved it when it was around. Mm. Just like hurry. I especially when he comes out looking like shit. I thought he didn't look right. Like he, like I feel like if if this had been done in WWE, they'd made him come out in his ring gear. Yeah. Whereas, like, he's wearing, like, joggers and a loose right. shirt. And I'm sick of wrestling looks fans. Looks a bit tired. Right, I'm seeing sick of wrestling fans, seeing a guy who looks like he should be doing anything else other than wrestle, go, yeah, you've still got it. I'm like, he doesn't. <laughs> Kurt Angle's last run. Mm. When he, yeah. He, he, he should have been at home, that resting his feet, cleaning his medals. I think he had a match. Took him one off, like Seth from Emmerdale. <laughs> said there he was in the ring, wrestling <laughs> Samoa fucking Joe. <laughs> Wrestling fans are the worst. Uh, hello, by the way. Hi. Uh, backstage, Trish uh, Stratus stretches as Michael Cole calls her the sexy woman's champion, and Lawler comes. I thought... <laughs> That's a smell. <laughs> What's that smell, Lawler? Just had pants full. Um, the sexy woman's champion, or as Tony Chim would call her, the uh, sexy uh, woman's champion. Is this a whole new division? <laughs> Sexy women's champion. Yeah. There's women's champion, and then there's sexy, sexy women's, women's champion. champion. <laughs> I'd be uh, really sad because I go, hi, I'm here to compete for the sexy women's championship. Well, we see more in the women's championship. Mm. Aww. Aww. I want to be a sexy woman. Damn, man. I'm always a woman, never a sexy woman. I'm never a sexier woman. Yeah. <laughs> Trish versus Mighty Molly is next in the sexy women's division. Michael Cole says Lola brought an expensive gift for her recently <laughs> to set a up a joke that never comes. During the sat- like Jerry Lawler. During the satellite feed, Lawler asked Cole to ask him that, and then he forgot the punchline. <laughs> Fantastic! They actually get yeah, they go like, all right, during this match, that's what expensive gift. All right, does it? This, 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 nothing. Yes, she did. <laughs> all right, cheers. Thanks for that. It takes a king. <laughs> hey, wait! Trish busts out a spinning arm scissors with her legs from a standing position. Trish, working hard to drown out the pervert comments. Sunset flip followed by grappling and then another one over the ropes ends a quick but lovely match with Jazz sneak attacking Trish after the match with Molly trying to make the save but she gets DDT'd as Jazz Jazz even holds up the title to a mild ECW chan. Just let it die, Tom. Her first appearance since the six-back challenge back at Survivor Series. You know that match where the WF took the women seriously for like a week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. Um... This was actually nice while it lasted, and I don't know if it's just because they watched TV back and went, "Oh, is this what we're? This is what they're saying now on commentary. Is this what we're doing?" They were doing some nice stuff here. For yeah, a very very quick little thing. I enjoyed the finish. It was what was looking like a satisfaction, but it was a Stratus sunset sunset flip action. Yeah, which I haven't that seen before. The well, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which I haven't seen before. And I'm happy to see Jazz, even if they have to listen to Lola's jizz. <laughs> and Jazz will get her flowers heading into Mania. Yes. Which is nice yes, to say. Yes, will. Big Bad Undertaker talks to Vince. As Vince says, he respects what Undertaker did to the Hardys. <laughs> Undertaker has the Giri tonight, and Vince tells him to watch out for that intimidating manager of his, Tori. Undertaker goes, okay, and leaves. <laughs> Two guys who watch John Wayne films while thinking, wow, he's literally me. <laughs> Exciting stuff here. Uh, Michael Cole points out that WF New York is hosting Sunday Night Heat with the return of Rhino. 
hey, something that sounds halfway interesting and made to sound anything but because it's at WF New York. It's Lord Lucan's been managing to hide there for years. <laughs> and that guy from Hartlepool who in the cupboard. Oh, remind me, who was that again? Did he hide from his family? Or? Yeah, he, basically the wife knew he was alive, so he, 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 <gasps> faked, was he faked his yes. death for the insurance oh. and then hid in a little room was it in a cupboard <laughs> where his wife knew about it, but the kids thought his dad was dead. And they found out. And, they were and, then, like, they were, and then the plan was that they were going to have him appear like a year or two later somewhere else and go, oh, I don't know who I am. And then they would have had the insurance payout. But they went, this was all a trick. <laughs> You sillies. Shocking that. It's a good uh, drama series about it on ITV. That's right. I remember. I was thinking, mm. why is that? Why do I know that? Is that? That's right. I know the TV series about it. The mm. jury uh, is here with Tori, which enables Lola to horn everywhere like a pissed-up rhino. <laughs> the animal, not the, not the wrestler. I should point out. Very bad timing there. Sorry. I know what you meant. Don't worry. Uh, so after Spike Dudley was choke slammed to the outside, and both the Hardys and Lita have been killed off like dirty den. You'd think the crowd would be against Undertaker, right? Nope. Crowd are like, yay, Undertaker's here, yay. Michael Cole points out that the 24-7 rule is still in effect, but no one dares sneak attack the Undertaker, which I think is actually a really cool way of getting out of that. Mm. And puts over Bruce Muhammad, I am hard Lee, and his stupid bike. <laughs> Tajiri gets a few nifty kicks and even a missile drop kick off the top with Lola managing to not call it a kamikaze until Undertaker blocks the tarantula he hates spiders like he hates people who kneel for the flag <laughs> Undertaker sets up the last ride through the announce table but Green Mist counters it that was cool that was brilliant in I brackets, really like that bit in brackets mint flavour <laughs> cool uh, cool mint cool mint <laughs> I've seen that roller. <laughs> and Undertaker takes a few bin shots in the process. Undertaker becomes one of the few people to shrug off the mist and carries on resting while looking like something Captain Kirk shagged in the sixties. <laughs> the one arm choke slam doesn't end it as old green face picks the jury up at two. Old green face is back. <laughs> I'm bringing Greyface back. <laughs> so he can mouth off at Tori and apply the Dragon Sleeper at the same time. Okay, we joke about Undertaker pretending that he's a badass while not looking like one, but he looked like Billy Big Bollocks here. He did look look good here. We didn't want this Booger Red to Booger off. Yes, it was Booger Green. <laughs> like yeah, the, the ones in your nose. Hey, yeah, just, just Booger. Just, just, just a Booger. <laughs> Big Boog. However, Undertaker <laughs> refuses to release the hold, so the big show heads down. <laughs> and he's slower than a Newcastle ambulance responding on a Saturday night, so the Undertaker <laughs> is able to kill Dejiri and hide his remains before Joe can even get to the ring. <laughs> kill Dejiri, yeah. hide his remains, and then <laughs> phone his brother for an alibi. Yeah. The hide in Hartlepool. And hide in Hartlepool yeah. and be a and then I'll do this do as all as one bit and get to you. The satellite feed, a uh, little break here, shows Buffy on UPN, aka the bad series. Then Enterprise. And then Iron Chef USA with William Shatner. Wow. SmackDown is actually highbrow material right now on UPN compared <laughs> to the other shit that's on. Jesus. Big Show is still in the ring, and Show points out that The Undertaker is always picking on people smaller than him. So how about you try it someone his size? 
Big Show pointed himself. Big Show sounds tired from talking. <laughs> and in a brilliant bit, the Undertaker moseys out and the crowd's like, oh, here we go, lads, the big lads banging. And it turns out Undertaker just came out for his bike, which he'd left, and drives up out of here. Big Show is mad because Undertaker is always talking about respect. Well, Big Show's New Year's resolution is going to be respectfully kicking his ass. Yes, and like most New Year's resolutions, Big Show didn't stick to it. <laughs> this was good stuff here. You know what? We got good Undertaker actually looking like a badass and Big Show being stupid. And Tajiri got some licks in on Taker. Yeah. Nice, yeah. And I like Buffy this. on UPN. <laughs> and but the bad Buffy the on bad UPN. bad Buffy. No, 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 no. I'm bad Buffy. <laughs> We watched uh, Charmed the other day. Oh, God. The episode with Buff Bagros got Sarah and Booker T. It's great. Um, My dad used to love Charmed. He'd come in from work and he'd sit down and he'd go, it's going to have a rest for an hour and he'd, I need some shit to watch on TV. <laughs> and now a new episode of Charmed. Oh, fantastic. It's just like magician admin for an hour. Where like not much, not much. Like you have a few special effect bits, but more often than not, it's just people in a house talking about all oh, the, the the goblins of Cluck Cluck Nine are, are, are coming through the portal, and it's just a lot of. It's very dialogue heavy because they save the money for the special effects. Mm. So it's very dialogue. My dad loved the intro of the show and the credits because that's all he's ever seen. <laughs> Never missed an episode. Quite like a show, you can just stick on in the background and just drift off to. Yeah, if only we could produce something like that. And we people. we can't. We'll try. But we can't. Uh, I thought Taker was fun here. I thought Tajiri was fun here. Uh, Big Show waddling out was hilarious. But oh god, we're getting Undertaker versus Big Show for the hardcore title. Oh jeez, be still, uh, be still, my beating spleen. I don't think I could do that again. If in doubt, big show taker. Yep. That's that's how we go in it. That's just how we go. Yeah. <sighs> Backstage, Stacy and her legs are posing seductively next to the Playboy calendar with pictures of her posing seductively. Initially, I thought that was like a random A3 paper scrapbook of pictures it, it of Stacy. It did not look high quality, it did didn't it? didn't look high quality at all. I was like, why is Stacy stood next to a oh. scrapbook collection of pictures of herself? I thought, oh, DDP gimmick return. All right. Oh, no, that's the official <laughs> calendar. I was about to say, that looks gash, but that might give the wrong impression. <laughs> Billy and Chuck see her and yell, ah, oh, I want some of that. And she goes, uh, excuse me? It turns out Billy just wants some of that. Hairspray. Stacey's like, hey, that's fine. Billy and Chuck tell her to stop having such an ego because she's on the Divas calendar. And they said, yeah, we should be on it. And then they pose for every month of the year. January, February, <laughs> March, and so on and so forth. <laughs> Stacey walks off and gets called a jealous Judy. This is the TV debut of the officially gay Billy and Chuck. And in a hilarious an unintentionally hilarious moment, we go from these two life partners to Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. Ah. Uh, Is this the uh, first time Arn's been on WWF TV since like 1990? Yeah. How cool. He just shows up. Well, on SmackDown anyway. Maybe he showed up on Raw, but yeah. Uh, big pop as well. Yeah, big pop. There's Arn. Uh, then Steph shows up to ask for a jog back uh, to get back at Vince. Rick's like, yeah, why would I hire a McMahon right now? Steph says... Yeah, Rick, you may be a great wrestler, but he's a bad businessman. And I'm like, yeah, we all know about that. You're not a good businessman, says the woman who just lost the invasion. 
Hey, that was Sean Stajak's fault. <laughs> Steph reminds him that her, 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 her husband is coming back uh, and there's going to be repercussions for him if he doesn't hire her. Flair says, I'll consider it, which is a soft no. But then surely he's already hired. Hmm? Surely he's already hired. No, it's about Steph getting her job back. Oh, sorry, I thought, she, I thought we meant hiring Triple H. No, that makes more sense, yeah. You better hire me or Triple H or my husband's going to be livid. Yeah. Because like, has, he has a job. Yeah. Don't think about it too much. Yeah, you're right. Once, once you analyse it like that, you're like, oh. Yeah, my head falls off. Let's just look at the uh, satellite feed commercials, which are for Roswell, Aliens and Sex. Paula loves it. <laughs> oh, my God. Come. <laughs> The Sinister Surge is here. <laughs> Edge, and there we go. Edge, the IC champion, as Lola mocks Cole for not knowing about Rob Zombie like Lola does. Roswell and Rob Zombie. How come Lola knows so much about what teens like? <laughs> anyway, Edge is taking on the SmackDown MVP for 2001. Kane. I called uh. Tess the MVP last week, but I'm torn between these two. If you had to pick one. Do we have one? Who would we have for the 2000? Was it Steve Blackman? <laughs> I forget who we had. Damn it. Probably oh, we made notes. I think we should have made notes, shouldn't we, really? Somebody will know. You know, you know what? How can, let's just pick both. We can make up these contests. We can They're twinners. Them. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think... I don't know. No, do, you know. do you know what? Do you know what? No, no, no. I'm actually going to pick Kane. Okay. I think, I think Test has been consistent for the latter half of the year. I think Kane has been great all year. That's fair enough. Kane from the Rumble. From MVP in the Rumble. Yep. All the way through to Mania, where he leapt off the stage. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He fucking had a poisoned elbow for most of the yeah. spring, but wrestled every fucking night yeah. with a bandage that got bigger and bigger yep. and bigger. Uh, he helped me, helped me carry The Undertaker through some fucking atrocious tag team matches yep. during the invasion. And, and generally became a bit more of a personality by the end of it. And had some five-star matches with Albert. Five-star fucking matches with Albert. At yep. least one five-star match with Albert. Went hard for no reason whatsoever. Didn't need to go as hard as it did, but it did. Kane is my MVP of 2001. Fair enough, then. Without a doubt. Yes, yeah, I think Tess is just, yes, he's so much better than he was in 2000. Let's see how next year goes for him. Well, if it's anything like <laughs> Star Trek films... It's like one good one, then one bad one. Uh, 99, yay! 2000, ooh. ooh. 2001, yay! 2002, yeah. Well, we'll get there, won't we? Because that's how time works. <laughs> Edge uses all. his agility to bugger about the bigger man until Edge lands right into a clothesline while falling off the apron. Cole reminds us that of all the accomplishments of Edge in 01, tag team titles, IC title, US title, king of the ring, and he's still not on Kane's level. He feels like he's won them and he's in the exact same place as he was. But then... Just with less Christian. I feel like he looks more competitive against Kane here compared to at the start of the year. Where, like, Edge and Christian were facing Undertaker and yeah, Kane that's as punishment. Enough. Yes. Like, you know, when there was, that, there was, I think, an episode before Backlash where Edge and Christian just got bounced around by Undertaker and Kane. Mm -hmm. And, like, we're facing Undertaker and K -K -K Kane! Yeah. Whereas here, like, he very much squares up to him. So I think that's... that's I think even though there's still a bit of a difference in terms of where they're positioned, I think Edge certainly looks more competitive than he did at the start of the year. And it'll only be half a decade until they're fighting over the same woman. Uh, Edge did that a lot, didn't he? He did. Every, Kane dumps Edge on the ropes via his dick. <laughs> Kane knew. Yeah. 
I know that's your weak spot. <laughs> and <laughs> clotheslines him on the top rope while he's hanging and banging because he's cool, Kane, and his brother's <laughs> dead. Cade's mask falls off and Edge is able to get the quick win. Wow, shades of the crown jewel. Uh, <laughs> is it a case that didn't Edge do something that kind of It was so quick. I was like, what, what the hell? There's, uh, like a, there's a tussle and then suddenly Kane's yeah. fussing with his mask. So I think Edge may have accidentally pulled his mask mm. or, or done something that pulls his mask away. And then Edge kind of looks around, sees the opportunity and goes, fuck it. So we'll have finish, but Kane still rules. Fuck off, Edge, you cheat. <laughs> Edge beats Kane, though. And again, I know you said, like, oh, we didn't feel like you're on the level. Edge just beat him. Relatively clean. Relatively. Everything's relative. Everything's relative. Anyway, here's Big Boss Man <laughs> talking to Booker, because there haven't been enough old men appearing backstage this episode. Big Boss Man promises to handicap Austin in the handicap match tonight. <laughs> to coin a phrase. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we get the Chiron for the this main event. And Bossman's graphic is just his 99 graphic, because why make a new one? <laughs> you can still see Prince Albert's arm in the shot. I just find it so funny that we've just had the invasion angle and you've got like literally like 30 plus wrestlers just hanging around. We need someone to team with Booker. Who from the WCW lot could we elevate here? We've got DDP who's sort of waiting in the wings. Rhino's due back any minute now. That could be good. We've got, you know, we've got guys like Hugh Morris and Chavo Guerrero that are lower down. We can maybe do something with. Um, Oh, boss man's back. Let's use him. <laughs> I remember reading a story, and I don't want to say it's definite, but I think Booker was trying to get Stevie Ray in for this. That would make sense. You want a guy who's completely past his prime to help, come in and help you for a bit? Yeah. Which is that boss man? It's a lot cheaper. <laughs> I don't know why it didn't happen exactly. I think I'll. I love the yeah. idea of someone creative going, I don't understand. Like, why is boss man not a good choice? Over Stevie Ray. Like, somebody doesn't get... Yeah, like, yeah. I don't understand. You want a big lad who's out past their prime to team with you. I just don't use... Well, he's, I don't get why Stevie Ray is so important. Who is Stevie Ray? Yeah. Right guy at the right time. I God, guess. that'd have been so much better. I'm not sure if it would have been... that Stevie was done. Aesthetically, like, it would have aesthetically, been Aesthetically, like, yeah. Like, Booker, match quality would have been like, whatever. Booker T's bringing in Harlem Heat to take out Austin. You know what? I think you went... Hmm... WW tag team coming back in. Looks at Chronic. Nah, we're yeah. awesome. <laughs> They the, poisoned the well for quite a few they years. They absolutely did. On the Sally feed, they redo the Booker Bossman bit because I guess the material was so good they needed to reshoot it. <laughs> I said. <laughs> was there much difference between the two shoots? Handicap match. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just his delivery. I don't know. <laughs> no. And here's your main event Booker and Bossman versus Austin. Will Lawler managed to make a joke about Booker being locked up. Uh, no, he doesn't. Um, there is sadly zero pop for Bossman on the satellite feed, like nothing. Uh, he looks dressed for a, a job that involves a zero-hour contract. Because <laughs> we were contemplating this upstairs, weren't we? Like, he yeah. used to be lo- like, like blue-shirted... Like street Bobby, big boss man. Then he became sort of riot patrol, big boss man. And this is job interview, big boss man. Yeah. <laughs> He's regressed. Yes, he has. Uh, was there any pop on the the version on the Peacock? It was sweetened. Saw? Very. Mm. You could tell because like, oh, boo. But no one's moving. Yeah. It was sweetened. Austin shows up and, oh, yeah, there's a pop few. The, the, they are awake. Uh, Booker gets thrown out easily by Austin. But the big boss man is a big challenge as he clumsily drops Austin in a move, kind of like a stun gun on the ropes. 
Austin yells loudly for Bossman to go easy with the fucking trunks. Because <laughs> Bossman was trying to pull him yeah. up by his pants. And instantly, he? there's no gap. He put, tries to pull up and goes easy with, easy with the fucking trunks. Bossman punches him. <laughs> and I swear Austin calls him a fucking asshole in response. <laughs> uh, Bossman gives him a spine buster instead. Booker tags in and gets bodied. So Bossman tags in the splatter Austin around in a dull manner as crowd chants, Bossman sucks for all time's sake. Booker mocks the, what? Chance and slaps Austin around. This is a very basic match with Bossman sweating, but he does take a nice stunner. Booker clumsily gets clotheslined and they redo it with a stunner. Bossman makes a save as no one is selling the stunner apparently. Bossman's distraction allows Booker to axe kick Austin to get the win. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's it. Well done, I guess, for being Austin 2 1 1. And the satellite feed, Austin looks fed up and has the entire beer cooler pushed to him so he can empty it whilst on his, on his stomach and open the beers one by one in a row. It's the most unhappy I've seen him doing a post-thing celebration. He cheers up and stomps a few cans so they explode on the mat, and this seems to perk him up, and he does the celebration with the fans. <laughs> I know, I like to think he's imagining Booker T as that, or maybe Bossman. <laughs> or Vince, yeah. or the creative yeah. team. Whoever, whoever it was that booked him in to wrestle this dude. <laughs> uh, this was... Something that happened. Uh, Christ. It is so Tom? embarrassing to see how much they're spinning their wheels with Austin. Because thing is, Austin versus Booker is a good feud. But it's just surrounded by noise. <laughs> you could just do Austin Booker. You don't need to make it a first blood match. You don't need to have Boss Man involved. I don't, I'm not begrudging the fun you had in the supermarket. But like Austin and Booker's a fine feud. I don't get why there has to be an inclusion of a boss man in it. There seems to be no stakes. Like, not even Vince wasn't even involved in it this week. Like, the whole feud started was because Vince and Austin were at loggerheads. And Vince has just wandered off to feud with Flair. So Austin's just left with Booker. It's, it's just, it could be a good feud. And there is, like, I wish we'd seen that at the Rumble. Austin versus Booker T. Yeah. One-on-one, straight-up match. Uh, maybe make it no DQ just for a laugh. And you do like my favorite Rumble stipulation, which is winner enters at Rumble at number one, loser enters at number... Loser enters at number 30. Loser enters at number one. Winner enters at Jesus number 30. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Math, I'm having a stroke. Help. Where am I? Bless you. Who's making toast? Uh, winner enters the rumble at number 30. The loser enters at number there one. There you go. There it is. We got there in the end. Like, that'd have been fine. Give us some, some, give us some stakes to fight for other than... Because that's why Austin's pissed off and he's losing. He's, Austin's mm. very weird about losing. Um, when it, he wants it, to, he wants to, he'll yeah, lose he's only had two, two losses on TV to Booker T because you know mm. he is making Booker T look like a bitch in every segment. So Booker's gonna have some heat, but he's only lost via first blood, so not a proper thing there. And then Booker's only beaten him in a handicap match, so he's still mm. being protected. Nobody wins because. Austin beats a Booker so much, Booker looks like a bitch. And Booker just looks like a bitch that somehow flukely beat Austin. And Austin looks like he lost to a bitch. Yeah. Austin's treating Booker like Rock treated Booker. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What a shame. It's Booker T, for God's sake. You know what? It may have been a miserable main event, and you're like, oh, what, what boss, man? But uh, just being sent a message like, oh, you know what flat you looked at? That was rubbish. And the landlord was a dick. And uh, wouldn't, you know, replace the boiler or have any proof that the boiler still had 
you know, the stuff you need to prove that the ball is okay. Yeah, you can bid on this property. <laughs> Am I really? Yeah, it's starting bid at um, about 10K less than what I offered for it um, until the evaluators came out and went, whoa, mate, this is a lemon because you're going to suck at this. <laughs> so they're going to just... Uh, it's, there's, uh, starting bid is 10 grand less than what I uh, wanted it and there's a, a day left. Uh, it's got the live thing going beep, <laughs> boop, beep. No one has bid on it. No, I'm not surprised. Just saying, just saying. Bad things happen to bad people. Get fucked. What a great episode of SmackDown. What a great main event. <laughs> and, and you know what? <laughs> he who laughs last, laughs loudest. Haha, <laughs> there it is. Um, what did you remember from the final SmackDown in 2001? The fucking dog shit landlord. No, uh, I... Uh, Chairman Mal was right. Uh, I remembered Bossman. Because <laughs> it's a hard thing to forget. And I was thinking, wow, Boss Man's back. Yay, cool. Forgetting like 99, 2000. It's like, Boss Man, yeah, he's back. And just seeing how fucking rugged and sweaty Betty he was. And just be like, oh. What a shame. I felt bad for him. <laughs> you have a lie down, mate. You don't need to be yeah. there. Yeah. Like, wow. You, you haven't even got your kit. It comes it's like, whoa, wow, the big Boss Man. You're like, didn't Austin used to bounce him around for fun in 98? Like, Yeah. We're doing it all over again. And now he's older and fatter and sweatier. <laughs> wow, Austin. Ooh, are you going to tangle this? What did you remember? Uh, the Vincent Flair promo. Oh. The next guy to knock you on your ass. That's good. That's as, good. As, as, uh, as, as leaning into fantasy as it was, I enjoyed the energy. Yeah. And I got into it and I enjoyed the passion of it. And uh, yeah, Flair versus Vince at the Rumble. Let's have it. Um, what did you forget? I forgot that Arn Anderson was around. Just yeah. Like, oh, it's Arn Anderson. His little, hello. Yeah. His bit on the side. <laughs> I forgot um, Edge beat Kane. Wow. In a relatively competitive manner, mm. which was nice for Edge. Um, that's 2001. Wow. Should we have a little moment just to reflect? Yeah. A very brief moment to reflect and pontificate on the year that was that started off with um a bang a bang with uh rumble no way out wrestlemania yeah austin heel turn oh what's shit. that about uh youngsters uh, triple h rips his quad off yeah uh benoit being the main event of king of the ring 2001 despite being pagged and like having no emotions on his face which obviously was atypical for benoit and then just like yep cool i'm, I'm out after this that's me and like goodbye you push you get the look <laughs> Had all those great matches. Gave Steve Austin 10 German suplexes in Toronto for us to heart. Yeah, I'm out now for like nine months. Him and multiple wrestlers injured. Loads of people on the, on the subs bench. Uh, not many people sitting on the benches for the shows. Numbers down, audience down, interest down. Don't worry, we've just bought WCW. Let's do, uh, let's run WCW as a separate brand. What a great idea. Oh shit, nobody wants our version of WCW as a separate brand. Yeah. Oh, let's just run an invasion. This could go for ages. Finishes in five months. Every WCW star is buried. <laughs> Maybe two stars, half made, half-heartedly, half-arsed. Chris Jericho wins his first world title and then his second and third world titles in the same night because of because literally no one had any good reason why Jericho should win it and that was why he won it. That was the creative behind it. The it's, Rock, the rock yeah. came, the Rock went, the Rock came, the Rock's going again. Yeah. It's at this point where a lot of people are going, ah, okay. It, 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 this isn't 
what it was. There are many highlights, don't get us wrong, as you've been listening to this. Uh, I said Kane's still great. RVD's still popular when he's not busting people in the fucking face. Um, Edge, et cetera, et cetera. But we are getting to the point now where it gets a little, how shall we say, desperate for WWE as they go, well, there are a few people we can bring in for some instant success mm-hmm. that definitely won't mess up some plans and things and uh, won't annoy certain very popular main event wrestlers. Yes, we are going to be saying goodbye to 2001 and hello, the crazy world of 2002. Saying farewell to the Attitude Era, which has been on fumes for 12 flipping months. Uh, basically, the the last the Attitude Era in 2001 has been like the last three months of the Sega Mega Drive. Mm. <laughs> or it's just like, oh no. And uh, the Attitude Era departs and we get ready to inject the WWE, not only with a lethal dose of poison, but with ruthless aggression. Oh, that's stupid crush phrase. The yeah. RA Era is on the way, baby. Uh... We're saying that a lot next year. Yeah, we are. <laughs> but we hope that you've enjoyed this little journey through 01. And, uh, we it sounds like you. we're going away. I know, but it's, I know, it's like... It's, we're back next week. It's, it's fine. It's bog standard. Everything's normal. But like, it's, you know, it's different. Yeah, different yeah. number. That's it. It's, we- it's weird when we do like the end of year show, like before the real end of year. Yeah. That's kind of how this podcast has fallen. In, oh, wow. August has come quick this year. So was December. So, yes, this was the end of 01. We hope you've enjoyed it, and we encourage you to keep listening and hopefully keep the F in. Yes, please F in do. Until we're next F in together, he's at Matthew Gregg, I'm at Tom Campbell, and together we're at Coldholic. Don't forget to join us, a space odyssey. To, to coin a phrase, <laughs> I'm going to go have a shit and a wank. <laughs> No better way to sum up 2001. Wow, Vince, that's seamless. That's seamless. Shit in a wank. Down at Fraggle Rock. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 